Hello there, you're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today, I'm speaking with Melissa Hadley, Business Planning Manager at Coppers, Inc., a Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania manufacturer of treated wood products, wood treatment chemicals, and carbon compounds. Copper serves a wide range of applications and a diverse global network of end markets, including railroad, specialty chemical, residential lumber, utility, agriculture, and construction industries. Prior to Copper's, Melissa worked at Morton Salt in various roles, including as supply chain planning manager, plant manager, and process engineer. She started her career at Sunoco as a process engineer. She earned a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering at Ohio University and an MBA in operations supply chain management from Arizona State University. Melissa has been recognized by the Manufacturing Institute with the 2021 Step Ahead Award, which celebrates women who have demonstrated excellence and leadership in their manufacturing careers. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Catherine. I'm so happy to be here today. Coppers runs 30 plants across the globe with a diverse array of products and customers. Um, from your perspective, what has been the most notable innovations uh, you know, at Coppers and then even within the wood product materials manufacturing industry in the past five to 10 years? Yes, so in terms of our network, it is very extensive and the ability to operate a vertically integrated cradle to cradle business has allowed us to optimize our network really to best serve our customers as well as to share best practices from around the globe. This includes taking advantage of synergies to combine multiple operations on one site, such as uh, tie and pole production, as well as tie grinding for fuel. So looking at our network holistically ensures that we optimize logistics and service, and that's beneficial to everyone. In terms of the wood industry and innovations, Copper's Performance Chemicals developed the revolutionary MicroPro micronized copper preservative system that big box lumber retailers insist upon. Also, our critically important fire retardant product called FlamePro has soared to leading the market in the two years since its launch. And Copper's Recovery Resources converts railroad ties that are at, at end of life into fuel. So this means that instead of the railroad ties sitting on the side of the railway or potentially ending up in a landfill, um, they're going to be used as fuel instead. And finally, I would just say that we are currently uh, constructing a new state-of-the-art tie treating facility, and that's going to be at our North Little Rock, Arkansas plant. Oh, wow. Um... I don't think people even realize, you know, how much, uh, I mean, they probably think wood is wood and, uh, you know, the, that even with the, the treated wood, that, that, that there wouldn't be that much innovation connected to that. Yes. And as, you know, when I came to the company six years ago, I, I felt the same. And so it's been so interesting to learn about, there's a lot of wood science um, that's related to our business and a lot of different um, treatment uh, preservative systems that we use. It, it's actually pretty complex and, and really interesting, much more than much more than you might realize initially. So is it much more in uh, in the commercial or, I mean, do you do both commercial and residential in terms of, but it's, or it seems like it's much more commercial in user, right? 
Um, we have both. So yeah, so the big, you know, all the railroad ties are for commercial use, but then um, we have the, like the micro product that I mentioned would be used to treat residential lumber. So if you're going to Home Depot and like many people did last year, they had to, you know, they're purchasing the treated lumber off the shelves at Home Depot for all of their home renovations. And so that would have been treated with our uh, micropro chemicals. So we have a mix of commercial and residential, although primarily um, commercial would be the biggest volume. I noticed on the website that the company, um, you know, of course, there's a very strong statement about, uh, you know, embracing diversity. And uh, the company was listed by Newsweek as one of America's most responsible companies. What impact does that have on not only the operations, but the, the wor work culture of the company? In terms of the focus on inclusion and diversity, it, it definitely makes the employees feel valued and that our voices are heard. It, it just feels like a very special place that we value and want to work at. It also sets a standard for how we treat each other and it drives success. So we actually have an employee um, inclusion and diversity committee that has representatives from many different roles around the company as well as different locations. And that's led by our uh, global director of inclusion and diversity. And so all of these things add up and they, they definitely impact uh, the culture in a very positive way at Coppers. In regard to corporate responsibility, Coppers is focused on three aspects of sustainability that we've defined. It's people, planet, and performance. And it's so positive to work for a company that truly believes that this three pillar approach drives profitability. So much so that we actually have a chief sustainability officer. Her name is Leslie Hyde and she's really um, doing a great job at, at pulling this vision uh, for people, planet and performance all together. And it just creates a culture where employees value each other and their surroundings. And so then operationally, we see the positive benefits of a safe workplace and improved efficiencies, I would say. That gives such a sense of purpose. That's fantastic. It, it really is. It's, it's really a fantastic place. Lots of um, just really good things going on, especially culturally. So it's, it's really exciting. Well, as you know, I reached out to you because I was excited about your 2021 Step Ahead Award. So um, let's talk more about your career. Um, you know, would you uh, let's start out with you talking more about the um, the roles and responsibilities that you've held at Coppers uh, from, you know, being a process engineer to uh, to getting more on the management side. Sure. So um, I actually so prior to Coppers um, was when I really spent my time in the field as a process engineer. And that was in the polypropylene and salt industries. So this process engineer role, and I think this is you know relevant to what we were discussing about um, engineering technology. This is one where you're, it's all about learning the plant operations. You're out in the field with the operators, walking down lines, seeing the equipment in person, understanding what it does. And then you're using a lot of data to make improvements to the process. And I just think it's a great way to start a career in manufacturing. So I'm really happy that I sort of ended up taking that first step um, into process engineering. 
Uh, but then I was given an opportunity to run a manufacturing facility as the plant manager, and that was in the salt industry. And for me, that was really a turning point in my career, I would say in terms of developing my confidence, but also my leadership skills. Um, and so I did that for about five years. And as, love as, as much as I love operations, I realized that I wanted to be in more of a business facing role. And so I actually pivoted to supply chain management um, at my company at the time, which was Morton Salt. And I have to say, I see a lot of engineers and especially chemical engineers that sort of end up in the supply chain space. Uh, I think we like that we can still work closely with manufacturing operations and we're basically working on a giant mass balance all day long. So I've, that's one thing I've noticed that I found to be interesting. Anyway, though, um, then I came to Coppers to, to take on a similar role. We call it business planning. Um, it's, it's kind of in the supply chain uh, planning space. Um, so I was, I was doing business planning for one business unit. And basically what I do is I work with our sales team and I, make, I understand from them what they think they could sell in the next 12 to 18 months. And then I take that information to our partners in operations logistics and procurement to understand if we have capacity from those functions to execute the sales plan. And then eventually that gets translated into an estimate of our profitability. So it's really, um, I love it because I get to sort of um, interact with all the functions, pull all their assumptions together, do some, some math and some modeling, and then come back with a plan that we think is viable. So um, as I've been at Coppers now for the last six years, I've progressed to doing business planning in more of our business units. So we're starting to implement this process in our third business unit. Um, and so we're doing quite a bit of work around that now. But my team's role is to make sure that we're planning consistently across the company and really that we have the transparency um, and forward lookingness that we need to be able to run the business. Well, it seems and like then the last, oh, sorry. No, it just seems like you, you've got that advantage because you've had your fingers in process and operations. I, I completely agree. When I was at Morton Salt, I actually called, I just called the director of supply chain at the time and said, you know, I've noticed that you know there you don't have anyone in your department that's actually worked in operations, <clears throat> and you know I have an interest in this area, and you know what do you think? And so there happened to be a role open, and so I it was definitely in my favor that I had worked in operations so closely for several years before kind of taking on a more broad role in the business. Did you always know you wanted to be an engineer? I would have to say no. Um, and I, you know, I grew up um, in a small town, Shadyside, Ohio, sort of, sort of near the Wheeling, West Virginia area. And um, neither of my parents went to college. My dad worked in the steel industry and my mom stayed home with us. And so I don't, I don't think that, you know, I would have even known really what engineers would do and specifically chemical engineers. Um, but in high school, I did have um, the most wonderful chemistry and physics teacher, and I did well in in you know the science and math areas. And he really kept encouraging me to try chemical engineering when I 
um, started my college career at OU. And I, I was still questioning from a confidence standpoint if I could really do it, but I decided to go for it. And I have to say I'm thankful every day for that decision. It, it just opened so many doors for me and has allowed me to have such an enjoyable and interesting career. And so I'm, I'm can't say that I, you know, growing up always knew that I would be an engineer because I probably didn't even know what that meant. So I think that goes back to what we were discussing as well to try and get the word out sooner so that we can get more women um, understanding what some of these roles are and then hopefully pursuing them. And speaking of that, what advice would you give women pers- that would be interested or you know, are, are dipping their toes in, uh, in engineering as a career? Sure. I, I feel so strongly that if, if you think that you have an interest in engineering, um, try it. If you can do it, you should do it because you will just unlock so many options and experiences in terms of what your career path could be. It's also so important to believe in yourself. I see, still see a lot of women, um, whether in undergrad or even out in the workplace that sort of have this imposter syndrome. And you always have to remind yourself that you deserve your seat at the table as much as anybody else does. And then finally, I think that advocating for yourself is so important in terms of what you want your career path to look like. So I kind of gave the example before that I thought through what I wanted mine to look like, and then I tried to make it happen. And I always try to communicate those thoughts and ideas, excuse me, to the leadership um, where I'm working. So I think, you know, it's, it's so important for you to kind of advocate for yourself as an engineer in terms of your career path. And I think that that uh, connects with your volunteer work with uh, women in the Pittsburgh Fellows Program uh, to help women transition from college to professional careers, and then even uh, Link Women, which is an employee resource group. So uh, from your work with the Fellows Program, what do you uh, perceive as improvements that can be taken to ensure women's success when they're transitioning from college to a career? I do think that making this transition can be challenging for women. There's just so much to navigate in the working world from understanding benefits, worrying about student loans, even to company politics in some cases. So I definitely think that this is where a strong mentoring program is so valuable for the new hires so that they have a safe place to ask their questions and also to be introduced to a variety of people in the company that maybe they wouldn't meet um, initially. Encouraging new hires to participate in employee resource groups or volunteer opportunities is also a great way to make them feel like they belong. And then finally, interning in college, any intern or co-op experience that you can get will just give you a little bit of an earlier view into what the real world looks like and you'll start to sort of get a, your footing around how things work in a manufacturing company and you can sort of understand more what your role might look like um, post-college. What I thought was really interesting is that you conducted a research study to better understand the challenges faced by women in manufacturing environments. Uh, what were your findings? Yes, we are. Um, we're still working on our study, but we're um, we've done a lot of 
of work. And we actually had focus groups that we formed with um, about 40 company employees at all different levels and positions and locations. And we found that the women at Coppers are very satisfied, but we did gain some valuable insights. So what we need to do is continue to improve our recruiting efforts to create a more diverse manufacturing workforce. And we wanna develop a more targeted approach to ensure that we contain, we can retain these valuable employees that are in various roles and various stages of their careers. And I will add that we were able to get a quick win when we heard that women are unhappy wearing men's fit uniforms. And so we are working to correct that. And it may sound like a silly or small thing, but having been there and also, you know, at various times, maybe not having um, the facilities that the same kind of facilities that the men have, these are all things that really add up and, you know, color the employee's experience at a company. And so these are the things that we need to be thinking about and addressing and making sure that all of our women are satisfied, but that w new women want to come in to coppers. And, you know, Link Women is really going to work on um, continuing to have programming and network events that we can use to better engage the women from across the company. I mean, when you think about it, the, uh, you know, we, we had the issue with the women astronauts who were going to go on the space mission and they couldn't because it was men's uniforms. So, I mean, it, it's across the board issue. Yes. It, and that's, that's a fantastic example, Catherine. It's, it's really, and it, it's just, those are the types of things that have been maybe accepted for so long and not challenged, but, but we can change those things. They don't have to, it doesn't have to remain the norm in a lot of cases. Exactly. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I really am, am interested in you know the uh, you know the different companies have different leadership programs. So I mean, are you going to be using some of the results of this uh, study to um, you know, either fine tune or or develop some something along the lines of a, a women's leadership program, or you already have one in in uh, in effect that you can use this to make some improvements? Yes, so we have a we have a leadership development program. It's not. Um, just specific to women. We have men and women that are participating, but I definitely think that some of the outcomes from the study will help us to tailor that to the women participants even more. And then um, that's where we want to also, even if um, someone isn't in this leadership program, we want to we want to go back and sort of look at the different levels of the organization and come up with specific solutions for the various groups because, you know, a mid-career um, professional woman maybe have different needs than someone that's um, just starting out working on the plant floor. And so we want to make sure that that the data and the results that we've gotten, we can sort of use them and come up with different solutions that can help all the different uh, female populations at Coppers. Well, that's great. And just the, the fact that you're empowered to do that is, is a testament to the company. Um, so are there any um, to to finalize our, you know, our, our time here. Is there any um, things, what's next at Coppers that you'd like to share with the audience? Yes, it's actually a very exciting time at Coppers. We have patents pending 
relating to advanced carbon products that will be used in the electric vehicle and lithium ion battery markets globally. The products arising from these patent applications raise the potential to enhance the electrochemical performance and extend the life of the battery. These enhancements can contribute to higher energy efficiencies and a more sustainable world as batteries take on a greater role in storing energy in electric vehicles and other applications. So part of this work is related to optimizing the yields in our distillation process. And that's very exciting work. And that's a really good example of the kind of work that um, a process engineer, which I mentioned earlier, would be working on. So lots of really good things going on at Coppers and I would say uh, many more to come. Looking forward to finding out. Thank you so much, Melissa, for coming on the show. Thank you, Catherine. I really enjoyed it. It's so nice to, to get to speak with you this morning.